Hey, everybody. You know, Mark and I have over 20 years of experience as therapists and as addicts in long-term successful recovery. We know better than anyone what works and what doesn't to break out of porn and sex addiction, heal betrayal trauma, and reclaim your relationship. And we've poured all of our personal and professional recovery and healing experience into a first-of-its-kind program for addicts, spouses, and couples. We call it Dare to Connect. At least four times every week, we engage with you in real time, in the trenches, giving you the knowledge and the tools to take back your life and relationship. Whatever else you've done on your journey for healing and recovery, you've never done anything like this. You know, Mark and I, we've made all the mistakes, so you don't have to. Don't reinvent the wheel. We all know tomorrow never comes. Look, don't wait one more day to change. Claim your free two-week trial today at daretoconnectnow.com. everybody. I'm Steve Moore. And I'm Mark Castleman. We know the pain and heartbreak of porn and sex addiction. And we know the triumph of breaking completely free. Every day, we help our clients find hope and healing. Join us in the fight to take back your life, your marriage, and be stronger than ever. This is the PBSC Squared Podcast. Hey, Mark and Steve with you here on the PBSC podcast. Uh, today's a, uh, an interesting day. I, in my private practice, I have uh, clients that I work with in group therapy as well as individual therapy. And in my group last night, there was a, a really raw, honest expression that came up from one of my, one of my clients. Mm. And basically, he was talking about mindfulness. And I teach, I teach a lot about mindfulness, this ability to say, I am not my brain. I have the ability to step back and become a watcher and observer of my thoughts and my urges without getting sucked into them. Yeah. And he basically expressed in a group, he said, this process of mindfulness is exhausting. Mm, he yeah. says, constantly having to step back and watch my thoughts and observe my brain. He says, it's wearing me out. Mm-hmm. And that really hit me because if we talk about mindfulness being exhausting, um, there's a bit of a there's a bit of a disconnect there. Now there are reasons for that, <clears throat> and I thought it'd be cool for us to just talk about that today. Yeah, and we've titled it, you know, why is connecting with myself so hard? Yeah, why is this process exhausting, especially yeah. as I'm learning it? Yeah, for sure. And so let's let's look at there's lots of barriers that and you know, you Steve, you and I, we've experienced a lot of this lack of self-connection. I mean, for, for sure. decades of our lives. And I remember as I started to learn how to do this, it was exhausting. I'm like, this is too hard. I'm just gonna go back to the way I was doing things. Yeah. And I think it's hard because we run into lots of barriers. It feels like you're trying to blast through a brick wall so many times, this, you know, this brick wall in your mind. So I thought it'd be good to talk about really quick, what are those, what are those self-connection barriers? How do we create walls so that we have trouble with mindfulness? Yeah. Um, you brought up one, a great category, which was self-judgment. Man, if I look at my experience, talk about my, one of my main walls. Absolutely. 
for sure. Yeah, this is a common one that we see with 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 clients, right? And I think before we jump into these barriers, it's important to note that as we go through this, we're going to be using kind of almost interchangeably the term mindfulness with the authentic self. Yes. You've heard us both use before, both before. Um, they are very similar. One is kind of a gateway to the other, but they both are rooted in the same thing. Yes. So, if you say being mindful or being in connection with your authentic self, expressing your authentic self, same, same thing. Yes, exactly. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, barriers to connecting with our being mindful or connecting with that authentic person inside. Uh, first one that usually comes up, like you said, with the self judgment, I, I see this all the time with our clients. Uh, we work with a lot of highly religious clients and, and Mark, this was a barrier for us, moralistic arguments, mm, right? Yes. Like it's not okay to feel or think this way. Right. I, uh, I think back to, you know, after my dad passed away, one of the hardest things that I was dealing with was this tremendous anger with God, like huge amounts of anger and rage with God. Um, I felt, I felt shortchanged. I'd had cancer twice. I felt like my family had, had paid their dues, so to speak. And then a year later, here comes my dad dying. And I was, I was, I was pissed. Like I was really upset, but I grew up in a religious tradition where culturally that was kind of a no, no, right. To be able to not okay to be angry with God. That's not all right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And so if you're having those feelings, there's a part of you that then wants to go to battle with them, shut them down, close yourself off from them because it's not okay. Absolutely. And we absolutely. see in the work we do, what is one of the things we see all the time? It's not okay to have sexual feelings. It's not mm, okay to sure. notice somebody who's attractive in public. It's not okay, right, to, to experience any of these things. Yeah. And so we shut them down. We go to battle. We go to war. Because there's this big moralistic argument happening inside of us, yeah, absolutely. No, for sure, and yeah, separate. And and you know that's a topic we covered a couple of weeks ago, right? The difference between attraction versus lust, right? And mm-hmm. kind of ferreting that stuff out. But yeah, those moralistic arguments they get in the way all the time. Kind of tied to that, right? A close cousin are those shame messages I we tell ourselves, right? I feel this way, so I must suck. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm I'm a terrible person. Yeah, I feel not only is it not okay to feel or think this way because I am uh-huh. means that I'm basically trash, unworthy, garbage, don't fit, don't measure up, not one of the good ones. I must not be faithful. Here I am hating God. Mm, yes. I must just be totally, you know, I, I must be apostate, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah so it's identity. We meet, our emotions, our thoughts, our feelings become, we identify ourselves. That's what I am. And we see this with both addicts and spouses, right? Oftentimes with addicts, what this looks like is kind of like what you said, right? It's like, it's, you know, we, without realizing it, sometimes we demonize sexuality as opposed to demonizing our addiction, mm, right? And we feel yes. instant shame if we're attracted to someone, for example, right? Yes. Like that's not okay. And so we get pushed into the avoidance cycle and we push away from that. We just try to somehow magically believe they're not attractive or, you know, we think of some horrible thought as a way to be not attracted to them or, you know, whatever. I've seen it. All. We've seen it all over yeah. the years. Yep. And for, and partners do the same thing, right? They, they too will go into this place of, you know, especially around fe- negative feelings, like for, for example, say around a spouse, maybe God trauma, like we just talked about. Again, that's not okay, right? I can't express that. That that shame is oftentimes amplified, unfortunately, by the addict because he's saying, yeah, you can't talk to me that way or feel that way or that's not all right. Yes. Right. And so oftentimes our shame, either portrayed by other people or ourselves, gets in the way. 
gets in the way of connecting. Totally. And what I see a lot of time too, and I suffered with this for, and, and still do, I still have to keep an eye on it. This concept that says negative emotions are bad and positive emotions are good. Mm. And so if you're feeling anything uncomfortable, negative, you know, down, anything that the culture, you know, uh, interprets or identifies as, as, is is not positive or successful or, you know, faithful or any of the rest of it, that's bad. I have to fight it, you know, resist it, cast it out, get rid of it. But on the positive side, okay, yep, that's good. I can yeah. use that. <laughs> right? This black and white. And as, and as addicts, you know, in recovery, we've never had black or white thinking, of course. Right? No, nope, oh, not no. me. Very, I'm not here. We're very good at moderating and modulating and <laughs> keeping a balance. No, I would do that all the time. Oh, I'm feeling these negative things. Okay, it's, that's to be avoided at all costs. Shut it down. And of course, what would I do? As soon as all that negative would come, because it's to be avoided, resisted, and shut down, I'm going to go self-medicate, self-soothe, escape, avoid, get away from it. Get yeah. as far away from those those kinds of feelings as you can. Absolutely, huge barrier to connection. Yeah, because obviously, right? The anything that pushes us into the avoidance cycle, right, is going to be the opposite of this mindfulness or this authentic mm-hmm. self component, mm-hmm. right? Avoidance is, and and that, again, we've done prior podcasts on this, but avoidance is very different from taking a break, right? When I take a break from something, be it a relationship, be it my, be it my, being mindful, sometimes we do need a break from that. The goal is to engage in such a way that we're recharging, right? To come back to it, right? Yes. As quickly as possible. Mm, yeah. As opposed to avoidance is where we're just kind of shutting it down and shoving it into the emotional trash compactor, um, you know, <laughs> and just kind of pushing it away, hope, you know, to deal with another day. Yeah, yeah. And another, and another barrier we, we see a lot, and boy, was I guilty of this all the time, not creating the space to be mindful or discover your authentic self. Yeah. So for example, yeah. I'm told, you know, Mark, you need to write down your feelings. Okay. Gal, it's 2 a.m. I've just had a big porn binge. I'm gonna write down my feelings. <laughs> right? It's, like, it's gonna be and it's gonna be authentic. Yes, it's gonna be very authentic right now. You know, it's like, rah, rah, right? It's like really that's the space you created to do some really mindful journaling. Sure. It's 2 a.m. Yeah. Right. After after a porn binge, and, and and again, this is an object for this is this gets in the way for spouses, right? As well, yeah. I yeah. work with a lot of women who, you know, one of their big struggles is trying to find time to do things like journaling, right, or getting mm. ready for check ins, or the assignments that I give them are all which are almost always mindfulness based. When they've got four screaming kids in the background, yeah, right, or they're coming, or it's bedtime, and they're and each of them, it's like. It's like trying to play whack-a-mole. Each of them is like popping out of the bedroom at different times, wanting random things. And, you know, and, and that can be really hard. So sometimes it's, you know, it's not even something so negative as, a, as, as, as like pornography, although it definitely can be, or a fight with your spouse. But oftentimes it's rooted in, you know, just not creating adequate barriers or boundaries around, you know, some time or delegating some of that to really have that stuff to percolate. Which is is really important because you know we t- we talk on here often about how you know you can't manufacture intimacy, right? You can't look at your partner and say, okay, you know we are doing dinner from six to seven, seven to nine. We will do family night and nine to ten. We will have emotional and or and or physical intimacy. Like that is not how that's how it works. What do we have to do with intimacy with self or with others? We create a space for it. 
right? An environment for it to grow and to flourish. We set up a date, right? Without an expectation. The goal is not for this date to lead to sex. What's the goal for this date? To become more connected and to be closer and to enjoy each other's time. And to let that, you use the word mark before we started here. And this is key to mindfulness, to let it flow. Yeah. Right? The way that it's supposed yep. to, rather than forcing it, letting it flow. Yep. I'm just, I'm going to let you see me. You're going to let me see you. We're just going to, we're just going to, we're just going to connect to our raw, real, authentic selves and see, and just let it flow where it goes. Yeah. And that's what I see. You know, what came up in group last night was this sense of battle. Oh, to be mindful, I have to fight and I have to resist. Mm. And here come these unwanted thoughts. Okay. Let's do war with them. Yeah. And instead, it's, it's not so much, it's, it's recognizing that those thoughts or feelings are there. It's acknowledging that they exist. Yeah. And rather than immediately declaring them to be the enemy, mm-hmm. right? It's me against it, me against that. It's like, oh, isn't that interesting? This is here to show me something. This is here to tell me something. Yeah. That part of the brain is not our enemy. That part of the brain keeps us alive. That part of a brain, that part of the brain is there to help us survive and and hopefully to move into a place of homeostasis or more health. And it's sending us messages all the time. Yeah. And in many cases, those those are quote what the culture says are negative emotions or bad feelings. Where they're they're nothing of the sort. They're just simply a message. Yes. What it's saying is, hey. Pay attention here. Look, look at me. See, isn't it interesting with self-intimacy, self-intimacy, that part of the brain saying, hey, hello, see me, see me. I'm trying to let you, I'm trying to give you a view into what's going on down here. Yeah. I never thought of that till right in this moment that we're talking on the microphone was, wow, Mm. I let me see into me. Yeah. That part of my brain is, right? Isn't that, I never thought of that till just then. Getting out of your own way. <laughs> Getting out of your own way. It's like not something, so, oh, you're the enemy because I don't feel, uh-huh. I feel uncomfortable or awkward or bored or, you know, burned out or whatever right now. And I got to make you go away. No. Yeah. Look into that and say, oh, isn't that interesting? And then how can I just gently, compassionately allow myself to then move into a more healthy space? Absolutely. And I think that brings up another topic with this, right? Is oftentimes we hold expectations that are maybe just like in other areas of recovery, we hold expectations around mindfulness or discovering our authentic self that aren't necessarily realistic. (laughs) Right. Um, Like you said before, we addicts, we do not do, you know, thinking in shades of gray very well. We tend to kind of be absolute or rigid in our thinking and others besides addicts are obviously vulnerable to that as well. It's not uncommon. I know you probably see this in your group. I see this with clients. They'll come back the next week after an assignment around something mindfulness-based, just exasperated. It's not working, right? Like this whole week, all I thought about was how much I hated you for making me do this. (laughs) Every time I sat down to write, you know, that's all I felt. And you know what I tell guys? I'll, I'll walk through it with them or my spouses. Did you really take the time? Did you create a space? Let's look at that. And if the answer to those, those questions is yes, do you know what I tell them? You're on the right track. That's yeah. the place to start then. Yeah. Why, if, why do you hate me so much for doing this right <laughs> now? Right? Like, <clears throat> where is yeah. that resistance coming from? Let's start there. That's, that's the first layer See, that's, of, of discovery. I love that question. Where is this resistance coming from? Yeah. 
there's something about this that I'm, I'm, I'm stepping up against it. I'm trying to, you know, I'm pushing or I'm avoiding, or I'm putting up my fists. Well, what that's, what is that about? Yeah. I like to say when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Mm-hmm. And often these so-called negative emotions are the teacher. Yeah. They're there to so show true. us something. But it takes, if you can, if you can set aside the self-judgment and these moralistic arguments and the shame and, you know, anything that's uncomfortable is bad. You can start to just sort of move, just, just sort of step back a little bit from that and just say, this just is, it's just a message here for me. What can I take from it? Yeah. I like the term self-compassion, having some self-compassion and not being so hard on ourselves because we think or feel certain things. Yeah. You know, a big part of mindfulness. Well, and, and it, I think as we lead into the assignment, the one last thing to, as we're talking about self-compassion is just to recognize that we really do honor the fact that for probably most of our listeners, there really are pieces to this that are just downright, off, down, just downright foreign or unfamiliar. Yeah, right. right? It's, like a, it's like a brand new muscle that you're totally suddenly starting this mindfulness muscle. Yeah. If you've ever gone to the gym after months or years of inactivity and you start doing, you know, squats or bicep curls and you're like, oh my gosh, my, my muscles are aching. Oh yeah. This is what happens with mindfulness. The mindfulness muscle, when you start exercising, you're like, this is exhausting. Oh yeah. For most of us addicts, I think the first time we, especially if our addiction has been rooted in, you know, since childhood, we hear terms like mindfulness and our brain just hears like Swahili. It's like, (laughs) what? Say that again. Like, could well, run that past me again. My, what is this mindfulness you speak of? <laughs> yeah, do I have to jump on a plane and go to Tibet and sit in a monastery? And what are you talking about? <laughs> because it's so foreign. Because we've lived our lives right in this realm of escape. And and for partners, I see this frequently with spouses. Right, because of the betrayal, a lot of spouses find themselves trying to just survive in their marriage. Right, they're trying to just keep holding on. And looking at those really hard or difficult or uncomfortable elements of their authentic self, the hard questions that need to be asked in the marriage, right? Acknowledging where we really are and what we're really feeling. They're, they're either too scary or just too hard to maybe tackle all at once. Yes. And so that's where yep. we have to kind of get into our assignment here, right? So let's... Yep. Let's jump into that. We could say tons about this, but I know we've got a got a roll. So, let's talk assignment. So, uh, the step one is you're going to want to be looking at and either creating for maybe for the first time or definitely upgrading the space that you utilize emotionally, but also time wise and environment wise, right? To in which to begin to practice this. Yes. This is not something to do on the couch. While your husband's in the back is in the uh, kitchen, you know, loudly putting dishes away and washing them and the kids are all running around and jumping on you and stuff, right? This is something that you want to create a space for to where you can actually get, get alone. You know, maybe you even engage in some activities. You try to structure this around activities that will help to create and enhance the mindfulness experience. I'll give you a quick example. So for me, I, I find that I do some of my best mindfulness work after I exercise. When I exercise, I go into a really meditative state. Mm. When I go on like a run, it's just opportunity for me to think. And when I come back, if I'm willing to, instead of just immediately, you know, moving on to something else, if I can take time, that's probably the best time for me to journal. Because I've been thinking quietly to myself for the last 20 minutes about, or 30 minutes or whatever it is, about what's going on with me. Yeah. 
you know, and, you know, or just, you know, taking time to take little breaks during the day. You know, we, we put our heads down, we trudge forward and we just keep going and we wonder why we have uh, trouble with mindfulness. Absolutely. There's all these other things going on and we're trying to be mindful at the same time. I tell guys, look, you know, leave your office, step outside for just three or four minutes of some totally. deep breathing. Take a walk around the parking yeah, lot or whatever. Walk. Yeah, get into a get into a little bit of peaceful flow. Give your give yourself a chance mm-hmm. instead of trying to pull it off in the chaos. Absolutely, absolutely, guys. This uh, and 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 also one last thing: be willing to even if you need to. Kind of going back to some of that God trauma, or maybe that moralistic type stuff. I always tell clients get a little irreverent for a minute. Mm. You know, God wears big boy pants in Steve's world, and he can take it if you're angry. Um, or frustrated. That doesn't mean that you'll always feel that way. And and the sooner you deal with those emotions, the sooner you can move forward and develop new ones. And I say yeah, that from st- first instead of resisting or fighting, <laughs> acknowledging that those emotions are there, and allow yourself to feel lonely. Allow yes. yourself to feel resentful or angry or bitter or afraid or whatever it is. And once you're once you're feeling that, and you can you you feel that it's there, then. That's when you can then gently ask yourself, so I'm feeling this, what do I really need? What yeah. do I really need right now? Absolutely. Allow yourself to just make that gentle turn and flow into what you need. It's healthy. It's yeah, healthy. <laughs> absolutely. You know, we were talking about that on Dare to Connect just to, just not even an hour ago. Right? We, we, were, were. Yep. We, we were hitting on this concept of, we, we've been talking about on, on Dare to Connect, this, this healthy uh, sense of sexuality and we, we've, we did a little bit with our addicts on Monday, a little bit with our partners on Wednesday, and then we kind of brought it together to gay for couples. And, you know, a real being able to show up in any element of the marriage, for example, around sexual intimacy, a prerequisite, guys, is to become adept with this, right? I can only convey what I know about myself. I can only show to others what, what I've already uncovered, and and learning how to do that through these through these techniques becoming present become, becoming comfortable with difficult topics difficult uh emotions you know doing that one on one is the first step to then bring being able to bring that to the table in your marriage to work on those same things that are either difficult or hard or awkward or maybe there's fear around talking about them so yeah and being able to feel those things no matter what they are and have this place of self compassion Self-kindness, yeah. self-love, self-acceptance, instead of going to war and battling it all the time, you'll then bring all of that acceptance and compassion and love into the relationships. Absolutely. The relationship with yourself flows into the relationship with others. Absolutely. No, we, I love it. All right, guys. Well, hey, it's been great being with you today. Have a great rest of your week. Uh, we're, as always, feel free to submit questions or look up more about us at uh, pbscpodcast.com. You can also find more, more at out about our Dare to Connect program, which you've been hearing about for the last couple of weeks. We're about a month in. Things are going awesome. We're loving the program. We're, there's just an endless amount of things that we're working on and discussing there. And you can look learn more about that at daretoconnectnow.com. All right. See you next time. Have a great week, everybody. Bye-bye. Everything expressed on the PBSC podcast are the opinions of the hosts and the participants and is for informational and educational purposes only. This podcast should not be considered mental health therapy or as a substitute thereof. It is strongly recommended that you seek out the clinical guidance of an individual qualified mental health professional. If you're experiencing thoughts of suicide, self-harm, or a desire to harm others, please dial 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.